It's an age-old debate, Aaron. Conventional versus synthetic engine oil. Well, is it really worth it to use full mm. synthetic over conventional? I can only think of two brands that even make a full synthetic. You got Yamaha with their 530 and... Mercury just came out with the 1030 with the V12. True, true. Um, Suzuki, they make a full synthetic, but it's only for their motorcycle stuff. So they've only got their Mm semi-synthetic. Yeah, they use that 1040 semi-synthetic on pretty much all their outboards, right? Yeah, like V7000 or something. And then Honda, I don't even know if they make a synthetic blend. I think it's only conventional. See, I find that interesting that there's companies that still use only conventional, you know, knowing what you know about... The differences between the two. Mm-hmm. With nothing, like, not even an option of a semi-synthetic. Yeah. With Suzuki, I guess you're just... <laughs> Suzuki, if you own a Suzuki, it's the simplest answer. You're using 1040 semi every time. It yep. doesn't matter yep. whether you prefer <laughs> uh, conventional or synthetic or not. Mm-hmm. It's also funny that when you look stuff up, like when you're looking at the different engines, pretty much all of them you could use either conventional or a semi um, I, I don't know if there are some engines that don't want you to use a full synthetic, but I can't think of one that like puts that in writing and says that you can't use a full synthetic. Yeah, there's, I mean, actually in writing, a lot of the engines will pretty much just tell you to put oil in it. <laughs> they're, <laughs> yeah, like, like, they're like, well, we recommend using this, but if you don't have this, you can use this. And yeah, if you don't have that, oil. then just put something similar in there from mm-hmm. another brand. But I think it does have to follow some kind of certification or something, right? At least. Oh yeah. Well, um, all the, the so there's the big difference between your car and the outboard or any boat motor for that matter, boat engine, whatever you want to say. There's a certain rating, which is the FCW, which is four cycle water cooled engine, gasoline engine, mm-hmm. and um, those have a different rating altogether, just based on the minerals and properties and stuff that they put in the oil because you know when you're running your engine it's like five six thousand rpm whereas your marine engines are or marine engine oil is designed to handle i wouldn't say necessarily higher temperatures i guess but definitely Mm -hmm. higher rpm range and they're they're the marine is definitely for higher rpm not really higher temperature because your oil at that high RPM is still going to be around like 210 or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I but, think marine fuel or marine oil also has um, better anti-corrosive properties. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Got, got different additives for that kind of deal, too. Absolutely. Which makes sense. Um, something about how it reacts with water. I thought I read something about that, but mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. Well, just being in the super moist environment of, you know, running a gasoline engine mm-hmm. it, on the water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess that is the most important thing is no matter what oil you're using, make sure it's got that that rating. MMA FCW rating. Mm-hmm. That way we know it's marine engine oil. Yeah. Right. Now the weight. Yeah. Now that's the important part. Mm-hmm. I think that most manufacturers are really pretty like um, specific on the weight that they want to use in their engine. Right. Which makes sense. You know, this it's always that's been known as as old as forever i mean you look on your oil fill cap in a car and it tells you what oil you should use mm-hmm. but really how important is that because they do just say if you don't have this use this if you don't have this use this i think different models have different like specifics to them so like most of the yamahas they're pretty you know they say basically put oil in that thing and this is gonna be all right 
they, they want you to use a specific weight, but mm-hmm. there are other ones like I think, um, like Suzuki, they want that. What is it? Yeah. 10, 1040. 1040. Yeah. 1040 on everything. Now what's so what's really the difference in conventional versus your semi blend versus your full synthetic? Well, like pretty much conventional is just like raw oil that's been through like minor refining processes, I guess, and it's got a bunch of inconsistently sized particles and mm-hmm. just a minor additive package. So with those different particle sizes, that means that it's just gonna basically give different lubrication at different points so you don't have an even lubrication of the internal parts of the engine right and that's where synthetic you know it's all man-made in a lab so all the particles are you know i I don't want to say all the same size but Mm -hmm. around the same size they're all more refined particles and it provides a more even lubrication in the cylinder and and just everything working there uh synthetics also handle higher or just extreme temperatures better whether Mm -hmm. it be really hot or really cold it handles the breakdown a lot better in that temperature range right it just you know on paper and you you know there's plenty of videos out there comparing them synthetic oil is better oil right i guess the only thing there is that myth with um or i'm not sure if it is a myth or not i guess i haven't put it to the test myself but if you use synthetic oil on an older engine that might already have a leak then Mm -hmm. it'll make that leak worse because it is so refined right like thinner and it'll seep out of a bad gasket right or a worn gasket yeah but really the answer isn't just throw conventional oil in it to slow the leak down fix the leak yeah i mean yeah but you know if you can afford to always use synthetic oil which you know if you've got you've got an outboard chances are you probably can synthetic oil is better oil for your outboard well didn't you say something about um reading something where they said somewhere that a semi-synthetic oil is only like up to 30 percent synthetic and then 70 percent conventional there's all kinds of different numbers on that but they say around 20 to like 50 percent at most is Really? what you what you see yeah there's all hmm. kinds of different answers there's no solid answer as to how much synthetic blend or synthetic oil is in the synthetic blend right but really i can't remember for mercury's using anything other than synthetic blend synthetic blend just seemed like yeah i don't i don't think they make stable. it conventional do they I, they do they do mercury makes conventional for everything which i didn't know up until uh a few weeks ago actually when i first saw the quicksilver bottle it and I was like, man, that one's got a blue label on it, not a silver mm-hmm. one. It looks different. I don't know. They made conventional oil. We just always put that semi-synthetic stuff in every single right. L6 we service. I was just trying to think if they, I guess they do. I mean, in the outboard world, we don't really use that that much as far as the conventional. So I knew they used to make it, but I didn't know that they, because they just came out with a like a full-blown full synthetic for that V12, V10 or no, no not the, the V12 is got the full synthetic and the V10 uses the 2540, 2550. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I think everything in the Mercury product line, mm-hmm. like it says everything up to 150 and then the 3.4 and 4.6 liters, which is every motor in the <laughs> line besides <laughs> the V10 right. and the V12 yeah. used 
1030. Yep. So then you got the V10 being thrown in using the same as what the L6 used to use. And it's, it's kind of weird, I guess. Spices. Spices it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, spices it's, it up a bit. It's almost like they're following Suzuki like to a point where like, you know, since they only use one weight of oil, it's kind of mm-hmm. like simple, but they only make up to that that 350. So yeah, I don't know. I've I've found it weird seeing that uh, Mercury still has that 2540 for the V10, but they don't even make the 2540 or 2550 in a full synthetic. No, it's only think. that one. Neither does Yamaha. Yamaha's full synthetic is I think 530. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one like is mainly for like the V Max stuff like that. It's got the gold bottle. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even seen it. But Yamaha oil jugs just look like old two-stroke jugs. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> well, there, there, that oil, their ten thirty and uh, twenty forty is is a conventional. It is right. Yeah, yeah. Does Yamaha make even a semi-synthetic? I don't think I've ever seen it on the bottle, and I'm pretty sure. You got to advertise it if it is, right? I mean, you'd want yeah. to. Yeah, you'd want to. If it doesn't say anything about synthetic anywhere, it's got to be conventional. I don't think they do. I mean, from what I saw, it's, you know, the blue 1030, 2040 is all conventional, and the gold 530 is full synthetic. Mm-hmm. So, and, the, and they say that you can put that 530 in. I'm pretty sure every single one of those engines. So right, but Yamaha lists it out a little differently. They have like a grade one and grade two. Right, right, like yeah. Grade one is the recommended oil for this outboard, and it'd be you know ten thirty, ten forty, five thirty, mm-hmm. and grade two is like if you don't have that, you can use. And then they list off every other oil they have. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like I said, I mean, they pretty much say stick oil in this thing and you're going to be all right. I don't know. I guess maybe it just has to do with because of how often you're supposed to be servicing these things mm-hmm. and how often you're supposed to be changing that oil. Maybe it's not the biggest thing in the world because with cars, you start getting into mileage instead, right. of, instead of time. Yep. And, you know, nobody ever, I don't even think I've ever heard of a time interval for a car's oil change. Right, it's always change it every three thousand yeah, miles or something. It's always mileage, which yeah. is, which is weird because I mean the oil is going to break down over time too. So like oil that sits, mm-hmm. it does. You know, I don't know if you would call it a phase separation or just like a, I don't know what you would call it. Some sort of like molecular breakdown of the chemistry of the oil. But um, like Honda, theirs is all conventional, and I I think we we saw something about. Um, like using conventional oil to break in an engine and then using the synthetic after that. Now, are there some benefits to that, you think? I'm not really sure. I, I, would, I would think that synthetic is just better overall. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the, science, me the science backs it. You know what I mean? It shows the only, the only time I wouldn't use synthetic, I guess, is if you've got an old outboard that yeah. may or may not have some bad gaskets that have a leak but they make such thick oil already in a semi blend i mean 2550 is a thick oil yeah that's right 50 is a heavy oil so i mean what's going to be the difference yeah i don't know i'd say i guess it's it it doesn't really matter all that much you just use um the manufacturer recommendation which is pretty broad (laughs) yeah well for most of them because mercury mercury at least gives you for most of them, one, mm-hmm. like, like you should use 
this. Right. But then again, they don't specify on any of them except the V12 what they recommend as far as conventional or synthetic blend. Right. Because the V12, they'll tell you, they recommend using that 1030 full synthetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you can't use any other 1030. Right. But for every other one, they're like, you know, for the V10, use 2540 synthetic blend or conventional. It doesn't matter. All depends on your wallet. <laughs> how much you want to spend well i'm with you on that because i you know either i look at it like i would want to put whatever the manufacturer's oil is so mm-hmm. like you know i'm going to look at if i got a honda i'm going to run the honda oil if i got a suzuki i'm going to run the the v7000 oil because yep. that's you know their brand same thing for the yamaha i'm going to use their brand oil and that's just kind of the way i am i guess i've never really thought about from what I've seen going and buying, like you go to West Marine, you go to Bass Pro. I mean, most of the oils are pretty similar. I mean, you might save 10 bucks a gallon or something like that, but it's not like a massive, it ain't like a hundred dollar difference. Yeah. You I know? think the biggest difference is like, uh, with conventional 1030 versus from, a from, full from synthetic Mercury versus the full synthetic is like 30 bucks a difference. But I wouldn't use the conventional on any of them anyway. You know, I'd use yeah. the synthetic blend and then, if you wanted to spend the extra 10 bucks for the full synthetic from the synthetic blend, then, mm-hmm. then why not? You know, full synthetic is better. Yeah. That's what they say. And you're using it, like you said, it's on a time frame. It's mm-hmm. not on like a, um, you know, mileage. It's not a distance thing. So yeah. there's probably a spec for cars in time. There has to be like, like if you don't hit this mileage, you're supposed to change it at, I think like, it's once a year. That would make sense, but yeah, it's not. You don't hear that like you do with an outboard. I mean, I think you do, don't you? I mean, I, I was always, I mean, for everything I've ever seen, I, I've always seen one year or like your mileage. Oh, so okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I never really looked too far into it, but from my understanding, everything, every car that I've ever dealt with, I've always just been once right. a year change oil. I mean, I, on my truck, I don't even put that many miles on it especially when i lived in marathon and i would just do i would change oil twice a year mm-hmm. honestly i don't think synthetic i think un- unless they tell you like that v12 mercury or the v maxes unless they tell you to use synthetic i don't see it being that necessary mm-hmm. you know I'm not saying to cheap out you know if you want to buy the synthetic i don't think it's going to hurt the engine and it, you know it's probably going to do i think it's going to lubricate better, better. Mm-hmm. but Think about how many Yamahas you've seen with a million hours that use nothing but conventional. It's, that's that's like, a very good point like, because does it really matter if I use synthetic? Like this outboard's still gonna last me. Yeah, yeah. a long time. Like we were talking about last um, video about the, how many hours were on the outboard and what's you know too many. Mm-hmm. We still, we've had countless Suzuki, Yamaha, Mercury. Like we've had all of those with seven, eight, nine thousand hours on the engines. And like neither one said, of them use a full synthetic. No, you can't even put full synthetic in an L6 because they don't make the full synthetic 2540. No, they don't. And well, that's even, now that's a whole different deal there because that's a supercharged engine. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have blow by because it's supercharged. Whereas the other ones are all naturally aspirated. Right. So there is a little difference there on why you got to definitely have that thicker oil in the supercharged engine. 
explain the V10. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That one's that one's totally new, and there's no like. That one's interesting. I'm really I am surprised to see that Mercury didn't just centralize it. Like, hey, everything yeah. uses <laughs> yeah. everything uses 1030 now. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like that yeah. would have been. That would have been the easiest thing ever. I think Suzuki's got it down. Oh, dude. I mean, you got one oil, one choice, Suzuki's bro. It's like got it down with that. Just, here you go. Yep. Take. And it's good, too. It's not like, you know, it's not like some kind of cheap. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, the bottle looks nice. Yeah, it know? does. That's my, that's my, my biggest tell is the bottle looks nice. Yamaha. It's like a two stroke jug. Just mm. don't even use that stuff. I'd rather put water in my crankcase. No, what about the Honda jug? <laughs> oh for anybody listening to the podcast and not watching the video i mean facial expressions can say a lot no there's no hate to honda (laughs) honda's just bland yeah i mean like i can accept honda having a bland oil bottle because it's a bland engine it's a bland engine yeah it's a bland engine it got nothing bad to say about its reliability no, no. But it doesn't, you don't look at a Honda and go, wow, look at Tannage. Look how yeah. cool. Yeah, super fancy and like flashy. It's yeah. not like, you know, like Mercury trying to be like Same all thing the with colors. Yamaha, though. So who am I kidding? Oh, but pff, their bottle ain't, I was just saying, see, yeah, there's a yeah. correlation here. What about, well, Mercury no, bottles Mercury are pretty bottles bland. Are <laughs> bad. Those Quicksilver ones are bad. They're just plain. Yeah. Gray. They're gray. shiny. Yeah. They got the shiny label. Yeah. <laughs> if you get the synthetic. The, uh, well, the Quicksilver, because the Mercury's. A black bottle. Yeah, so. see, Mer- Mercury's sleek. I like Mercury's. The black with the red. Yeah. Oh, but back to the X-Star, the, the Suzuki one. I mean, they got it down with, with just having that centralized yeah. oil system. Like, Yamaha has so many different oils. It's not Yamaha funny. Has, they only got 1030 and 2040. What are you talking about? They've got 530. That's 10, their full 1030. Synthetic. Yep, and 2040. 1040. That's it. 2040, and then... No, no, there's a 1040? There's a 1040. Really? But then if that's only four... Are you sure four, about that? I don't know if my... I think Yamaha only has the, the 1030, the 2040, and the 530. You're going to get called out on that. I've been, I Maybe I have. I mean... You're going to get called out on that, dude. I hope they so. guarantee they make a 10, 1040. Yeah, dude, 100%. Look but even up. then, I only counted four. Yeah. And well, and their, and their, um, their, their TC3 or whatever, or... Yeah, the two-stroke TM2 or TM3, TC3, whatever it is. They're two-stroke oil. That doesn't, that doesn't count. We're talking about four-strokes here. Right? Yeah, There's that's no, true. There is synthetic two-stroke oil, though, because I swear I I was looking up synthetic oil, and I saw a, a jug of synthetic two-stroke. I was like, who, who's using that? Two-strokes will burn anything. Yeah, 10W40. <laughs> they have 1040, right? See? Okay, I'm not. Oh, come on. Give me a break here. No. Yeah, no breaks. You've I can't think this. of all You've this stuff. You've been doing this for too long to get breaks out of me. Mercury then also. That's true. Mercury has 1030, 2540, 2550, and mm-hmm. that's it, right? 1030, 2540, 2550. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's it. And they don't even offer full synthetic, like I said, for for two of those. Mm-mm. So it's like, I guess in an outboards stance, it's not really that important. No, not the synthetic versus conventional. It's mm-hmm. the weight that they're that they are concerned about generally, which goes back to well, yeah, everything but the Yamaha. <laughs> the Yamaha has its own thing. I mean, because they're like you know they no even Mercury dude. They say it too. They're like if you don't really? have this, use this. If you don't have this, use this. 
And they just go down the list. They just say it less obviously than Yamaha. Yamaha will show you a group one, group two. You know, use group one. If you can't use group one, use group two. And it's mm-hmm. every oil Everything. they have. I guess if you, if you break it down, you're pretty much left with put marine oil in the engine and the thing's going to run. And it's going to run for a long time. Yeah. For anyone that you've got an option, mm-hmm. I'd take the highest option. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm putting 2540 in something, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing the conventional. I'm doing the, the yeah. semi-synthetic. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. with the highest option of what your manufacturer recommends and makes for that engine. Yeah. Because if Yamaha doesn't make a full synthetic, I wouldn't go buy no Mercury 1030 yeah. full synthetic and yeah. put it in the Yamaha. That's kind of a question that that a lot of people want to ask too is like, you know, what about Valvoline, Mobile One, and, and these other... No, don't use that. I mean... It has to be Marine. No, no, no. They make Marine. Like, there are Marine, like West Marine, Bass Pro, um, Valvoline, Shell, or not Shell, but yeah, the Rotella stuff. I mean, like, they all make a Marine TCW oil. Wow. I don't know. That. But I don't know. I mean, I've never... I mean, that's, that could probably also be... You know, there is inboards, too. Oh, yeah. We forget to talk about those a lot. Yeah. But, like, an inboard, it's just a GM engine or, you know, whatever. But it's just a car engine. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but they're stupid expensive. For me, it's it's a, it's a ridiculously expensive toy to have. You got this outboard, especially, like, okay, you're talking about V12. It's a $100,000 outboard. And then, like, you know, even even these 300s and 350s, I mean, you're talking about $30,000 outboards, $35,000. Mm-hmm. Even when you get down to the, the ones that are, you know, the 150s, you're still ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for this engine. I mean, trying to save 10, 15 bucks to me is a risk. I'm like, if I'm spending $15,000 on this engine, yeah, I'm going to spend 50 bucks and get whatever brand you know is is making because all those those four you know your top four um you know you could throw in the i mean the evanrude's whole totally different because you i would run evanrude oil in that evanrude like tahatsu does evanrude make a four stroke they don't make a four stroke they make two stroke and i would use their xd 100 xd 50 um two stroke oil yeah that 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 oil But. but like dude yamaha's been around forever they've been in the states since 1984 you know, Mercury's been around forever. Honda been around forever. Mm-hmm. Suzuki been around forever. So, I mean, they've got their oil. I would, I would stick with that. Yeah. Just for a risk tolerance. There's probably know. a reason there isn't a full synthetic for recommended for all these engines, and mm-hmm. it's because it's just it just doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, they they probably don't they don't even have the life of like like a car. When you get a car with age, people tell you to put synthetic in it. Mm-hmm. No, but people tell you all kinds of different things. Did you, I think you can go on Google and look up whatever you want and get whatever answer you want. Like if like you have a preconceived it's really, idea of you know whatever it may be, maybe be this you know some give me some example. What do you mean some example? An example like of what? So, some of the stuff that we've been looking up. Like like if you wanted it to be you know, a certain weight or certain this, then you can Google it and find that answer. Like there's information. Oh, well, yeah. Like just, if you Google anything, 
anything about it. Like even Googling how much synthetic oil is in a synthetic blend mm-hmm. oil. Some will tell you like no more than 30. And some are like, well, from 50 to 70%. <laughs> it's like Anywhere from 20 to 70. That's like <laughs> What? Anywhere from zero to 100. There's I mean, no it, consistency. All we know yeah. is, you know, tried synthetic is better mm-hmm. but it's not necessary in an outboard unless recommended yeah. if you've got a v12 throw some synthetic in there if you've got a v max throw synthetic in there mm-hmm. other than that i think the general consensus is put oil in that biscuit <laughs> put oil <laughs> <in the run>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> manufacturer recommendation just yeah. go with that and then you know if they give you if they give you a choice then pick the highest one yeah yeah and that way you'll have the They're longest happiest similar. life for your outboard it won't matter anyway. I mean, how many outboards have you ever heard of breaking down because they were using conventional oil and not synthetic? It's Yeah. You know, if an outboard doesn't make it anymore, it's cuz it blew up. Yeah. I don't think I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go mixing. Like I wouldn't take like a like a like a 530 and go mixing it with the 2550. Does oil mix? Mm, you start messing with the weights. I don't really know. I mean, to be honest with you, as a grease monkey, I, I bet you you could take, you know, a little bit of all of them, put them all together and put it in there and you'd be all right. I mean, you know, to me, Probably. oil is going to be oil. Now, when you get down to the real physical aspects of it, you know, like R&D and engineers and all this stuff, like they've engineered the outboards to, you know, the engine to run the way they want it to run. Now, there might be some longevity effects of it temperature and you know this spot got oiled more than this spot and now you got a heat spot and now you you know wear out but mm-hmm. for general use you could probably yeah, do that but see, i wouldn't i'd try and stay away from mixing the weights mm-hmm. and thinking back on um the car like how cars were brought up with synthetic oils you know it makes sense to use synthetic in a car because you're using your car differently you know, like everybody's using their car a different amount of distance, mm-hmm. you know, every year. So like if you're, if you got to change it every year anyway, synthetic will tell you can go up to 10,000. Yeah. If you're, if you're putting 10,000 miles on your vehicle a year, then use the synthetic. You mm-hmm. only have to change it once a year, save yourself some money technically, right? If you're only putting five 5,000 miles on it, then using conventional would probably be your best bet. And then to relate that into the outboard, you're changing it every hundred hours mm-hmm. regardless. You know what I mean? Well, no. now that's what that's the interesting thing about that 600 is they're saying they're using that full synthetic and saying up to 200 hours. They say up to 200 hours in general for that oil change. And then, oh, but yeah, so then maybe if you were to, they say, they say if you don't have synthetic, use blend or conventional. Mm-hmm. If you use conventional, is it a smart idea to go the 200 hours? See, I don't know. I mean, and I don't have 100 grand to put that to some academical <laughs> testing. No. <laughs> no. You know, I mean, go out okay. and because I, I mean, I think that'd be fun. Just take it, take a, one of those engines and just put the conventional in there and let it run for 200 hours. And I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of interesting to take an engine, put oil in it, and then just let it run. Yeah. For until it blows up. Let it run till it blows up. Yeah. What do you mean in one go? Yeah. Like, I mean, take an engine and then see how long you can run oh. that on the oil 
until it blows up. Yeah. That'd I mean, be, that'd be to <laughs> have three different engines. You put 300 grand and <laughs> 300 grand and V12s and one of them gets conventional, one of them gets blend and the other gets yeah, full synthetic. See which one goes first. I mean, I, I got to think that just the breakdown of the oil, you could probably get, you know, you got to be able to get a few hundred hours out of it. I mean, I, what is it five six hundred hours before you think an engine would lock up based on the breakdown of the oil i don't know man i think it could be even more really dude i've seen like have you ever seen those customer complaint videos mm-hmm. <laughs> i've seen people just pulling like drain plugs and just seeing nothing but sludge like mud right coming out of the engine it's like how long did they go without changing that oil that's what i'm and saying just if, if that thing is mud <laughs> I mean, there was a, there had to be more than 500 hours on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. On that, in that oil. Well, that's, that's mileage. Like, you know, let's say that's 30,000 miles. I'm saying more than 500 hours even. Like, yeah. Cause there's, I mean, my truck has an hour counter mm-hmm. engine runtime. That you counter. can see it. Yeah. Like on the dash. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh wait, Silverado got the little driver information <laughs> center. I tap on through. I think my truck's got like three, 3,400 hours or something on it. Oh wow. More reliable than any Yamaha I've ever not shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that because so funny I, enough with my truck, I do have a bad oil pan gasket and the thing was <laughs> the, the thing was leaking real bad with synthetic. So I went to a synthetic blend. Yeah. And the leak slowed down. Like you also lot. been putting stop leak in there too, right? I did that with the synthetic too, and it didn't really. It just so you're out, so you're out running like a water. semi-synthetic, not a conventional. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't run. I don't like. I I don't know. I wouldn't run conventional in anything, <laughs> unless it's all there is. Like in Yamaha, you know, they recommend you use the Yamaha oil 1030. Right. If it's conventional, it's conventional. Yamaha's telling you. And in and outboard sense, I use the specific brands. But like since in the automotive, there's all those different brands predominantly. Like Chevy isn't making oil. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you have to look for like Mobile One or Valvoline, Valvoline whatever. or whatever you want. I'm using now, not conventional. Now, at how many miles are on that truck? 193,000. So 193,000. And you said there's 3,000... I I couldn't tell you the exact estimate. I think there's 3,400 hours on it. That's interesting. I think there's 3,400 hours. There is a lot of idle hours on that. Too many so, idle hours on that truck. So let's say that at 3,500 hours, you're running 200,000 miles. Mm-hmm. So that means that these outboards, like, you know, the ones that have 9,000 hours, you know, let's say an outboard makes 7,000 hours Mm -hmm. so yours that's equivalent to running four hundred thousand miles yeah not necessarily i mean think about it on boats you're running straight line miles true cars you're zigzagging out on the ocean there's no there's no lights and turns you just right go also the idle time so your clock's ticking maybe you're sitting in the truck you know not moving not gaining on those miles so what i'm saying like i have that, that truck has a lot of idle miles or hours anyway. So that's probably why you can't, there isn't an, there isn't like a mathematical equivalent of hours to mileage. You know, like people want to come into the boating world and look at like 
you know, what's the equivalent to 150,000 miles on an outboard engine? And there's no like relative, um, you know, mathematical equation for that. I mean, I guess you could generalize it like I just did with, you know, 3,500 hours and 200,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So no, there's no, there's no good conversion for that. There is no conversion because if, you know, what about highway miles? You know, someone that puts on nothing but highway miles and they're just running all the time. They're not, the clock's not ticking as much, but they're just banking those miles. Mm -hmm. No, there's no, there's no good conversion. That's why it's hard to talk about the difference between outboards and cars mm-hmm. because of that miles versus hours. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no comparison to that. But anyway, I think we've been rambling a whole lot <laughs> about this topic. So, oh yeah. That was, what was the original question? I don't even think it was a question. I think Doug asked just in general, like talk about synthetic oils, the good, the bad, the ugly for outboard use. I think we talked about the good for the synthetic. Maybe, the ba- he's, the maybe bad. he's asking because there's synthetics starting to pop up. Because yeah. I said Mercury doesn't make a synthetic 2540, but I could have sworn. What? They make a 2540? That, that is a synthetic. It's a synthetic blend. Yeah. Not a full. Oh, you're saying a full synthetic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. A full synthetic yeah. uh, 2540. I said they don't make it, but they might have just released it. Because hmm. I was looking through the Land and Sea book, and, right. I, th- and I thought I saw a uh, full synthetic 2540, but maybe synthetics are starting to come about more prevalently in the mm-hmm. marine industry with these coming years, and with with the modernization of outboards. Yeah. Like a V12, I wouldn't want to put anything other than full synthetic in there, because no. it's just such a such a machine. Like a, you know, it's got a... It's, it's a hundred grand. Yeah, it's... <laughs> you'd want You'd want the best possible lubrication and right heat capabilities and all right. that stuff so well, i think they've got it dialed in for that exact thing i mean mm-hmm. it's yeah I, I would go with the full synthetic yeah anyway thank you doug mm-hmm. for bringing that up um now steve we uh speaking of oil and all this stuff servicing we did we had that video on servicing that l6 mm-hmm. there's a couple questions there and we had Steve who asked about the cost of a service because he's about to get his 300 Verado serviced. And really that, I guess that all depends on your location. It all depends on where mm-hmm. exactly you're at because it's all on the labor rate. Oh, yeah. You know, I want to I, mean, I say like a, for most of those, you're anywhere from like 900 to 1200 bucks for a full service per engine. Isn't, isn't that sound about about right? I want to say at least, yeah. Just about that. Pretty much you just, you're paying for all the parts. Yeah. And then. So you got like. And then the services are just flat rate. Yeah. Every time. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, what, what do you charge for a hundred hour? Two hours? Yeah. Two, two and a half. So two, two and a half hours for a hundred hour service at mm-hmm. whatever the labor rate is. A full service, you're charging four hours. Yep. And it's, like I said, it depends on where you're at. Like in the keys, the labor rate is stupid. It might even be more now. Yeah, I mean, maybe two hundred by it's, now. It's bad. Um, yeah. Whereas here, what's a shop rate? One thirty-five. One. Yeah, one twenty, one thirty-five, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's you know, it'd be a lot cheaper to get your engine serviced here mm-hmm. than down there. Yep. Yeah, I'd say you can just go to go to parts view and put together mm-hmm. 
put together a list of all the parts that you need for the full service yep. and then just add that with four hours at whatever your local shop rate is. Yeah. And that'll be the cost of a full service mm-hmm. for your particular engine. But really, yeah, services are, as far as the mechanics concerned, services are like the best way to make money because yeah. because of that flat rate, you know. Well, it's you can like, get good at it. Exactly. We talked about flat rate before and how the better tech shouldn't be punished just no. because he's quicker. And services are the, the biggest example of that. Right. You know, you're charging four hours for a full service, and it might take the average tech four more. hours <laughs> or more. <laughs> could take them more. Well, you could always have uh, other issues like broken bolts, seized bolts, stuff like that. So Sure, but depending on those issues... I guess you'd start breaking away from from it being the flat rate. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, you know, if you, if, you, if you quote somebody, hey, it's going to be four hours for this service, and then their lower units seized up in there, and you got to start mm-hmm. chipping this thing out. And it's like, it's like, that's, you know, it's not my fault yeah. that you didn't get your engine serviced earlier, and now this lower unit's stuck up here. Like, well, we, we also just had that same thing with the water separators. Um, how that yellow fin, how, how old was that boat? You went and surveyed that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Quickly. Like just briefly, the, the guy had already bought it, I think, but he wanted it like, yeah, checked out, like checked out, see what he had to straighten out. And, and that was like a 2020, I think mm-hmm. somewhere 21, 2021 yellow fin. Yep. So it's only two years old and, um, they didn't, no one changed the water separators mm-hmm. and they were so rusted on already trying to loosen them. Would, we would we couldn't get the, them off. Yeah, and so would. I had to get down in the build in order to get, you know, get my hand on it to get leverage, to be able to break that thing free. So without pulling the head, of without the ripping out. the head off of the stringer, which, so think about how much time that would have added if, you know, like I wasn't able to get down there. Cause if you were doing it, you couldn't get down there and you would <laughs> no. been like, Reach your hand down there and, and pull it. And I, because that was when I started, that's what I tried to do. I tried to break it and I could hear it. I, you know, it was like, no, you hear it like yeah. it's about to rip that screw yeah. right out. And you're like, okay. So I'd climb yeah. down in there and, you know, get, you know, positioned and hold it and crank it out to break it free. Even but then I've had filters so stuck that, like, even if the bilge is bigger and I can get in there and put mm-hmm. some leverage on there, like sometimes they are so rusted on there. Yeah, you've got to take the whole bracket off. You're ripping it off. Take it to a vice. Yep. Cut the hoses and bring it off and mm -hmm. take it to a vice and take it off because it's just, it's better than tearing it out of the, out of the stringer. Yeah. The price of a service, you're pretty much, I mean, that four hours is, is dependent on everything being, you know, normal with your engine. Like, like if you're just, if it's just a regular routine maintenance Mm-hmm. And there's no glaring obvious issues. Everything goes smoothly. The service was four hours. Yep. Whether it took eight, whether it took two. Yep. You know, um, you it's definitely going to vary by where you're at based on that labor. So there's your numbers. So kind of call a shop around where you're at, see how much of the labor rate is, and then calculate on annual service, which is no impeller, no thermostats, and you're looking at. Two, two and a half hours or full service with thermostats, anodes, all that stuff. And you're looking at four hours mm-hmm. and then add that to, like you say, go to parts view or something like that. I think in general, hundred hour service, depending on the horsepower, if you've got a, a 90 horse, it's going to be way different than a 350. Mm-hmm. But based on those 
for most of your small engines, you're looking, you know. That's true. I never did pay attention to, you know, being at the marina, how much, how long a service would be charged for, like, something small like that. Yeah, I can't even. Because the time is considerably different. Oh, yeah. No, it it definitely is. I didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for the most part, even horsepower range doesn't matter. Most of it's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, two, two and a half, and four. That's pretty much your time. For this guy's particular case, too. He said he had a 300 Verado. Yeah, I think you're, so. Yeah. You're probably around thousand twelve. Yeah, depending mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Probably around around that thousand twelve hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and continuing on, we got a question from Fox Links, and he said, "Well, he said we should have shown draining the oil, um, and gone a little more in depth, changing the impeller." Um, but I'm pretty sure we have. There's like dedicated videos on changing the impeller. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got dedicated videos on doing draining services. The oil, we, I mean, for the L6, they do have the drain plug that you just replace the mm-hmm. the gasket on, but but we just we don't have the gaskets. We have an oil sucker, and for yeah. most for most engines like Yamaha's, you're sucking the oil out anyway. I mean, well, Yamaha's have drains too. I mean, for me, I'm a fan of doing the drains. Like mm-hmm. I like doing the drains. Because it's quicker. Yeah. Um, you know, other people like to suck it out, which takes longer. So I guess it's all opinion. Like, um, it also, there's the, taking the drain out, you've got the variable of who's been working on the engine. Because there's, we've seen quite a few engines where, um, you know, some, some mechanic has been in there <laughs> with, you know, his half inch breaker bar tightening the drain bolt yeah, or the impact half inch impact just send the drain bolt and then now strip it right out stripped cross threaded and, and now you're doing helicoils so you yeah. know i'm a fan of draining it because especially doing anything twins trips quads yeah you're not carrying around four oil yeah. suckers and no. it takes that much longer whereas you can go there especially on verados and use the oil filter thing, put some painter's tape, make a funnel, put all four buckets, crack those things out, and then boom, in eight minutes, you got all four engines fully drained. Mm-hmm. And in that amount of time, you can be changing, changing out your oil filters, changing out your fuel filters, and all that stuff. So then by the time, that's, yeah, that's kind of... a quad service can actually be done... Pretty in, quickly. Incredibly fast, if, you, if you're prepared yeah. and you know what you're doing. Yep. Especially on those L6s or anything with drain plugs, because you could be draining the lower units and the engine oil mm-hmm. at the same time, have your three drain pans, your three buckets right next mm-hmm. to each other. And as those are draining, boom, 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 quickly replace everything up top. Yep. Spark plugs are going to take you a little bit, but that's yeah, just but that's, sheer numbers. I mean, that's kind of my, that's my routine right there mm-hmm. is go there, put the drain pans, put the oils get the oil draining and once the oil's draining i take the props off get the lower units draining and then once all those are draining because the lower units take a little bit longer to drain than the engine oil but while those are all all draining i'll go up change the water separators because those are the variable there i always try and do the variable stuff first so if there's like a chance I, i like to do the hard thing or the variable first so that way in the event of Oh, this water separator don't come off, or you know you can't get to it. This, that, and anything. You got time to handle whatever you got to handle, mm-hmm. and then boom, attack the engine, thermostats, all that stuff because that stuff's all easy. And then you know you're you got an easy day after that because now it's just 
change out them thermostats, trim them up, pull the lowers, change the anodes, change the impellers, throw them up, done. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's especially considering how much it's technically you're being charged for that. If, mm-hmm. you're doing, if you're doing a quad service, it's still the same. It applies for each one. It's four hours. Oh, yeah. A motor. You know yep. I mean, doesn't matter whether you got one or four or six. Mm-hmm. It's four hours of motor, but you can get that quad service done. Yeah, in a day, easy. Yeah. Yeah, with, with no, you know, hiccups, but. Way less than 12 hours. Yeah, you know? way, oh, yeah. well, or way less than 16 hours. 16 hours, jeez. Yeah. Where's my math? But, you know, I've also seen people that don't, you know, if this is like your fourth or fifth service, you still don't have that process down yet where you're, you know, Mm-hmm. You're in the flow of things and you've got it, you know, yeah. got it going on. So, you know, yeah, no, it takes I've, practice. I've watched a quad service roll into the next day plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Early on when I started in the marina, I think with um, with Jack's boat, mm-hmm. just because, or no, it wasn't Jack's boat. There was, there was a quad with L6s and here's where, we can shift into Arno's question where we should have shown the shift shaft disconnect and connecting procedure in that. Oh yeah. And I'll never forget my first time dropping an L six lower unit and trying to put it back up. (laughs) It was a nightmare. It was terrible because well, Arno to answer your question for disconnecting it, it's just as simple as letting it drop. Like yeah. it's, it's just splines that go into a receiver, like a little coupler. Mm-hmm. So there's no like, like I know on some smaller engines you have to undo two nuts and. Yeah, those yeah. are all like nine and a half below. Yeah, I mean, yeah. most of the, well, even I think there's a couple twenties that, fifteens, mm-hmm. but. But that L six, yeah, disconnecting simple. It's I mean just like, it. just like a Yamaha, you know, drop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's splines, but unlike the Yamaha where. I don't know. I guess the Yamaha one sticks down lower. Depends. Because those 30 inchers, you got the long shaft and the spacer. Oh. So there's. That's just good luck with whatever you got going <laughs> and on. And that one, that. they got the, the prongs that come down. So you can't spin the lower to pop it up. So there's there's some um, yeah, variable spacers, there too. Spa- let's just talk about like a 25 inch <laughs> base motor. Like yeah. No spacer because spacers are always up pain in the butt and just for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about with the spacers is you know outboards come based on the transom of your boat because you know you got bay boats which only have this big of a transom and then you got center consoles which got a bigger transom so your outboard will come in like a 15 20 25 30 or 35 inch shaft length which means it's either you know the lower unit is you know drive shaft is 15 20 25 30 you know it has a variable there to you know, account for the distance on the back of the boat, the transom. And then for these other ones, they put spacers to get that distance. Yeah, and sometimes the spacer doesn't stay up. <laughs> yes. If you're trying to throw a lower unit up and the spacer keeps falling, yep. you know, <laughs> I haven't had to run into that in a long time, thank God. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it can be a pain in the neck with those L6s especially because unlike the Yamaha, where let's say in a standard no spacer i've never had an issue lining up the shift shaft like yeah like the thing sticks the coupler i guess sticks down far enough in the on yamaha. most of them some of them that's got the long shaft on the lower what do you mean 
Which one? Some of the lowers on the 30s have a long shaft, shift shaft that sticks up 30s. in the spacer. You're saying base nose. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Come on, dude. Stop, stop, stop throwing spacers in here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's easier with the Yamaha because all you have to do is just, like, really stick a finger in there and kind of pull it, pop it in, and it every time I've done it, it just lines right up. It goes right up in there, mm-hmm. and it's, like, no problem. Right. But the L6, you can't just stick your finger up and move it or grab it. I think on the 350s and 400s, they expose the shaft mm-hmm. um, out like in, in front of the, the yeah, chaps. So you can reach it. So that you can reach it and at least like try to wiggle it and and play the guessing game. <laughs> but if you really want to get at it like like and know with 100% certainty that you'll get it, you have to take those side chaps off. Yep. So that you can like visibly see what you know the the splines lining up so you can see it going up and down into it because those splines move all the time in the lower mm-hmm. unit too and then i've had plenty of times where i'll boom it pops up and it's in place and i'm like oh wow like that was pretty quick and then i turn the prop shaft and it's in gear it's like oh man yep got Drop it again and <laughs> send it back up and oh it moved again and just you can get stuck in that cycle as mm-hmm. the more you do yeah, you know, the quicker you get. Yeah, and then eventually you just start preemptively taking the chaps off, like just like just before I even try it, yep. I'm taking the chaps off. I'm not yep. gonna, I'm gonna save myself the headache. I'm gonna get it with 100 percent certainty. Boom, and then, and then send it. And what does help with the Verados is you can, you can grab that shaft and move it up and down mm-hmm. to so, let you know if you got it. Yeah, so. So you could like move it up and out of the way and then turn it a little bit and boom. Now you don't want to turn the shaft right. itself in the midsection. Yeah, especially with the key on. Yeah, because then that'll bind up the shift actuator mm-hmm. and you got a whole nother issue on your hands. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I do is I just put the nuts on there and then I just put it up there and then I just tighten the nuts until it goes all the way up. Right. No, I just can do not do that. No, do that. I was going to say, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Try it out. See. And you know what? Don't even, don't yeah. even check to see if it shifts because you're <laughs> so confident that you should throw that thing in the water and go. Right? Oh, yeah. Don't, don't do that. I mean, there's a lot of people that will do that. Like, you know, yeah. in the two-stroke days, stuff like that. And I mean, there mm-hmm. are some where you can kind of line it up and do it. But don't. Do I watch somebody. Don't. Don't do that. No, I watched somebody on a triple service um, throw three of them. Boom, boom, boom. All three of them up there and just did that. Didn't, really? Didn't go verify. You know, like it felt like it was in neutral. Oh, right? man. But they like they missed the shaft altogether. And then um, I think on they're one lucky of them, they didn't hit the shaft and then drive the shaft. I think up. on one of them, they drove it up. And then that um, what break is it? the collar, the little collar. The, but there's the like coat that holds the shift shaft in place. Yeah. Like like that just. Yep. Isn't that a powerhead? Some of them will. Some of the shift shafts, you can drive it up and 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 hit it into the into the crankcase. Yeah. No, I mean like um, like if that there's like a bushing or something in there too that that'll get stuck mm-hmm. if it's not. And then you have to. Oh yeah, you got to pull the power head to re power head off to, to realign it to and yeah. fix it. So, yeah. So yeah, I think that I think that had to be done. They on all three of them they missed the shift shaft, and on the the one of them they. Mm. They they hit the the bottom portion of that coupler yep. that's flat and just and just drove, drove it up. up. So bad, bad. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta know what you're doing, I guess. But yeah. there's no better no better way to find out than doing it. Yep. And I guarantee that person will never do that again. No, no. Never, ever, ever again. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta force stuff, but other times you don't um It is tough when it's like really old and sometimes you have you have those splines lined up and you're in neutral and then mm-hmm. there's that just that tiny little bit left mm-hmm. that's not going up. And it's like Okay, I could put the nut on and just force it up, but no, bad idea. What if it's, you know, what if something's just not right? And well, that's, I mean, you can, you can turn the shift shaft a little bit, like keys off. You can turn the shift shaft a little bit. You'll hear the actuator move, but you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can kind of line it up, or you know, you can put it into gear. But same thing, even if you go up, turn the keys on, put it in reverse, and when it turns over, put the lower unit in reverse and still try and get up, but. Sometimes again, they don't. There's a pretty wide range of yeah it being in gear. Like yeah, you still have to line those splines up. Yep. Yeah, you still gotta you still gotta you know get in there and kind of move it around and try and line it up, and then you know you got it or not. Like you can put it up, put a nut on it to hold it there. You don't use the nut to drive it up, but then you can kind of grab the shift shaft and spin it around and feel the hole, and then like stick it down in. And then when it drops down in, you just grab it and move it up and down. And if you if it goes up and down, you made it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There's nothing more satisfying <laughs> in boating than throwing up an L6 lower unit first try and feeling it. Yep. You're like, you know that feeling when mm-hmm. you get it first try. It just, beep, it just falls right in. You're like, oh. yeah. There is no really better feeling than getting it up there, especially like when you got more than one. Say you're struggling on one, and the other one just goes right up. You're like, yeah. you feel real good. Yeah, it gets you. It gets you excited, and you're like, all right, I can go back to this other one and keep mm-hmm. try it again. But um, anyway, I think that that about answers it for Arno. Mm-hmm. Next, Eli asked an interesting question because I'd never really thought of this, but how often should you run a fuel additive? And actually, I was looking in the, I can't remember if it was service manual or owner's manual, but I think Mercury recommends that every year, like either annu- annually or every hundred hours, you mm-hmm. run quickling hmm. in your fuel tank. So, yeah. so I guess technically, it's a service item that no one does. I mean, there are people that do it. I would like, I would run it every every fill up. Every I mean, fill up. I mean, yeah. yeah. What is a bottle of quickling? Well, quickling, especially quickling, because quickling is like ten bucks a bottle. Um, and it's not like a. Is there a certain formula in there with quickling? Or yeah, it's just, like. Uh, 12, one, one ounce does five gallons. So out of a 12 ounce bottle, you get 60 gallons. Okay. But so, so it's not bad. Now ring free, which is amazing is super expensive. So, but we used to run ring free. What's super all, expensive. It's like 50, 60 bucks a bottle. Really? I thought it was like, I thought I saw $22 for a, for a bottle of maybe, ring free. Maybe the small bottle. But it's so concentrated that, I don't know, man. Yeah, I didn't think it was like, I think there's two different size bottles, but there it's is. super. There's the 12 ounce in the court. Right, but it's super concentrated. So getting the 12 ounce for most people is probably enough. Well, well, the, the 12 ounce bottle is, yeah, ring free plus. Mm-hmm. How much? Tell yeah. me. Well, 20 bucks. I'm here, 20 bucks. Oh, wow, that man, is. I'm good. I definitely didn't search that up at any point today. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many 
um, one ounce of ring free for every 10 gallons. So maybe ring free isn't as expensive as it, as it was. So, I mean, if you got a 12 ounce bottle and 12 ounces will do 120 gallons, mm-hmm. I mean, now ring free, ring free and quick clean, do they accomplish the same thing? They're just like pretty Yamaha much. and Mercury's version of a carbon cleaner. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. We used yes. to run ring free in every fill up when we had the, when um, there were the like Yamaha's. And then Mercury, same thing. We'd run quickly. What do you mean we'd run? Like like in, like on my boats. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting to find out, back to the fuel additive, um, Yeah, that it is considered a service item. Like you're supposed to do it mm-hmm. every 100 hours. I mean, seeing that the ring free is only 20 bucks, I mean, I'd, I'd put that in for 120 gallons, yeah, I don't 10 see ounces that. to the gallon or the ounce. So, I mean, 10 gallons to the ounce. I would run ring free or quick clean. Yeah, you're throwing a few hundred bucks at the engine for the service mm-hmm. anyway. Dude, the stuff works. Like it really works. Mm-hmm. Like if you see an engine that's got a thousand hours that ran quick clean compared to an engine that's got a thousand hours that did not run it, I mean it, it's a huge difference when you look in the cylinder and see the carbon build up. Mm-hmm. And then to get that carbon off, there's a, that's a whole other process. And the best thing to do for that carbon is, hey, you got to take the whole engine apart and clean all the parts, like physically clean them. Mm-hmm. Or, you you know, if you get lucky, you can use Yik, but, you know, only dealers can get that, which is yep. Yamaha, in, Yamaha internal engine cleaner. And that stuff's like super potent. Like it's got to run it in a separate fuel tank kind of yep. deal. Yeah. You basically, you basically take like a six gallon tank, three gallon tank, and mm-hmm. then mix the um yik in with fuel at a certain percentage and then you run the engine on that tank till the tank is done right and then after that you can run back with ring free and you know clean it all out so it's a whole process to try and decarbon an engine mm-hmm. where like so at 120 um gallons per bottle Trying to think, it depends on how much your fuel economy is. So over a thousand hours, what you're going to be looking at if you were to run it every fill up. If you're running it every fill up over mm-hmm. the course of a thousand hours. Yeah. Like what are you asking? Like how much it would cost? Yeah, I was just trying to do the math on how much that would cost if you ran negligible. It yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're doing it with every service, or are you saying with every fill up? Yeah, every fill up. So let's say your your fuel tank's a hundred gallons. Mm-hmm. You're right, you know, 100 gallons at four dollars a gallon is going to be 400 bucks. And right now, I mean, what is gas? Like, gallons at four, four. I was going to say, why are you throwing out four? Like, that's cheap, dude. I, <laughs> how much, how much is Rec 90 right now? Up here, I have no idea, but at Shelter Bay, it was a, I think the last it was like five. No, it was like 560 something. I think well, it, it touched, changes. I think it touched six dollars. I don't know what it is currently, I guess, because we're not there anymore, but. But it's still got to be around that, around five fifty. All right. Well, even at, even at five bucks a gallon, it's five hundred dollars for the for the fill up. So at five hundred bucks, you add twenty dollars on that. Yeah, there's no I reason. It's negligible. No reason to cry about twenty bucks, especially when it's going to just do nothing but help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. How long does the process of decarboning an engine fully take? Mm, a couple hours. A few hours. Okay. Well. 
Now, another question I have too is how, what causes, is there a way to accelerate or decelerate carbon buildup without using any fuel additives? I'm pretty sure like idling all the time is bad and it causes more right carbon buildup. So is trolling. Right. So speed trolling. So how much carbon buildup would you have? Like if you're just running and gunning, you're wide open throttle all the time. Mm-hmm. Is it worth running quick clean in your engine? Or are you really just kind of burning all that stuff out anyway? For the most part, you're burning all out, but it's it's not like you know, the it's not like the short hours, it's the long hours. So like if you've got, you know, even if you're running wide on throttle, I mean, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 hours on the engine, mm-hmm. you're going to have carbon. Like, there's no... Right. Yeah, there will be... There is no... So, that's our alarm. I put it on for over an hour. So, I think what we're going to have to do is cut this one and then just start back in on the next one just so we can kind of get this one time-wise down. Um but we can finish this conversation out. So, like, carbon, I mean, at 3,000 hours, you're going to have carbon buildup no matter what. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're, doesn't matter. Like, carbon's just a byproduct of. Right. But you'll have gas. more carbon buildup in something that idled 100%. for a long time or yeah. trolled yep. than something that was ran hard mm-hmm. its whole life. Yeah, because when you're running hard, you're like, you know, you're blowing all that stuff out the exhaust. Like, you're, you know, you're. So, so I guess, you know, to answer how often, maybe I guess it just depends on how you run your boat. Yeah. Um, if you're running. If you're idle, trolling a lot, then. Every fill up. Every fill up. Probably. For 20 bucks, for 10 mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah, every fill up. Now, if you're just, you know, running your boat like normal, I guess, or how it's intended, mm-hmm. um, then do it. Every 100 every, hours. Every 100 hours. Yep. Which. Is interesting. We might start. We might start throwing that into the services because mm-hmm. I'd never thought about it. I'd never even read that. I mean, like, yeah, I, I didn't either. I didn't know that that was. They I had guess, that on the service intervals. Yeah, I guess I just always gloss over it. You know, I never really mm-hmm. thought quickly. And, yeah, who's using that? You know, like whatever. But I don't know. It's it's good stuff. It's man. interesting. You know, for twenty bucks, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not throw it in there? I definitely um, would. We've run out of time here on yep. this one, so. So I guess that'll that'll wrap up this episode. Hope we got some kind of answers out there for you guys that might mm-hmm. might have been useful. And we will see you on the next one. Yeah. Drop some comments below. Email us That's at right. askbab at com, And uh, we'll try and answer everybody's questions.